Hello, and welcome to a special bonus episode of Power Pros Podcast. As always, I am your host, the Hoff, Chris Hoffman, and joining me once again is my special guest co-host, comicbook.com's very own Mark Deschamps. Thanks for having me again, Chris. Sure thing. My pleasure. And we are back this time to talk about what's going on in the world of Nintendo. Specifically, we're going to discuss all the news that came out of the most recent Nintendo Direct that occurred on February 17th. This was the first full-fledged Nintendo Direct in more than a year. We're not doing regular episodes of Power Pros anymore, of course, but you know this long-awaited event seemed worthy of coming back for a discussion. Did this direct meet expectations? I suppose that's a matter of opinion, for sure. But there were definitely a lot of announcements and updates and reveals. Personally, I thought it was a bit of a mixed bag, and to be honest, you know, not all that different from an issue of Nintendo Power, as in it had some big major titles, some bombshell announcements, but also a few cool things with limited appeal, as well as a few games that made you kind of wonder, you know, why is this even here? It's very clear that Nintendo Directs aren't just focused on top-tier games for the core audience, but rather a spectrum of games for a variety of players. I like to compare Nintendo Directs to, to Christmas morning. You know, there's always, like, the big gift that you get. There's always, you know, a couple surprises you weren't expecting. And then you get, you know, a couple pairs of socks. <laughs> yes, I suppose that's a good way to think about it. Anyway, let's just dive in and start talking about what some of these big titles were, starting with the first party reveals, and starting with what I think was the biggest news of the Direct, and that being Splatoon 3. Splatoon 3 is coming next year in 2022, and Nintendo hasn't said very much, but obviously it is once again a very heavily multiplayer-focused title, but this time it is set in a new environment. It's set in Splatsville, the City of Chaos, and they're adding new features like a bow weapon, more character customization options, new movement abilities, and uh, they also reminded us that, indeed, Splatoon is set in a post-apocalyptic version of Earth with this destroyed Eiffel Tower in this, you know, ruined desert that the characters are running through in the background. And, you know, I'm not, like, you know, a huge Splatoon fan as much as some people are, but, uh, you know, I think this game is looking really great so far, and it's really cool to see that another sequel is in the works. Splatoon has kind of become one of my favorite Nintendo first-party franchises over the last few years. Mm. It's kind of been a weird ride for it. So I'm all in. That hooked me, you know, right at the end there. That was my big announcement. That made the whole Direct for me, personally. Yeah, I mean, I think Nintendo was indeed saving its big guns, pun intended, for the end. And they were really able to deliver with that reveal. Yeah, absolutely. What are you most excited for in this one? Honestly, I just really like the environment. It looks like they're making uh, some cool new changes. I just like the way that they're adapting things and, and finding different ways to move the narrative along. Mm -hmm. I thought it was really cool how they decided to once again make the uh, Splatfest competition play a role in the storyline. I think that that's really cool, and I think it kind of gives players an incentive to keep playing those Splatfests. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I said, they still have a lot to reveal yet, and the game is still a ways off, and I certainly look forward to finding out all about the details and features and everything about the game as we you know, get ready for its release next year. Another major announcement from the Direct was that 
The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD is on the way. You know, the Wii version of this game turns 10 years old this fall, and now it is back on Switch. And, you know, one of the big things about the Wii version was how it used motion controls, but the Switch version is going to have both motion and standard controls. You'll be able to use the Joy-Con for motion controls, just like in the original game. You know, one Joy-Con is the sword, the other Joy-Con is the shield. You use them together to throw bombs and shoot bows and arrows. But if you don't want to do that, instead, you can use traditional controls. If you're playing in handheld mode or you just like the classic controller better. And if you do that, you get to use the R-Stick for directional sword controls. And this is something I've been thinking about for a long time. Like, if they brought this out to another system, how would they do it? And what occurred to me was assigning directional sword controls to the right stick would be the best way. And indeed, that's what we're getting. In addition to that, they are promising a 60 frames per second frame rate and improved graphics. Although, from what they showed, I'm not sure it actually looks any better. But anyway, I'm a huge Zelda fan, so I'm always glad to see new versions of games in that series coming to Nintendo hardware. Skyward Sword didn't really hook me on Wii, to be honest with you. It's one of the few Zelda games from the last 20 or so years that I can say that for. I mean, it's probably in the middle of the pack for me, but you know, I still liked it pretty well. Yeah, I mean, I didn't give it the fair shot it probably deserved. So I'm interested to see how it does on the Switch hardware. I think it's going to be a big hit because everything kind of seems to be a big hit on Switch right now. <laughs> so I'm very interested to give it another chance and see if my opinion changes. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that's held me back from replaying that game was the somewhat finicky motion controls. It just wasn't always as reliable as I'd like. So I'm really curious to give it a go with what I hope is more precise controls and see if I liked it even more than I did the first time around. What's also cool, though, is that in addition to the game itself, Nintendo's releasing special Zelda-themed Joy-Cons themed after the Master Sword and the Hylian Shield. And both these Joy-Cons and the game itself will be out on July 16th. So you can look for lots of Zelda goodness this summer. I was more excited for the Joy-Cons than the game, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, I have already pre-ordered both. I haven't been able to get a pre-order on those Joy-Cons yet, and it's killing me. I know, they went in like five minutes, man. It was crazy. Oh my god, it's terrible. Yeah, I just lucked out. I was right there on Best Buy site buying the game, and like right then the controllers went live and I was able to snatch those up. But yeah, they were gone super quick. Yeah, I'm hoping for a quick restock. Yeah, I'm sure they'll be available again eventually, but yeah, pretty crazy. But speaking of Sword Swing Fantasy, another game on the way that was revealed during this Direct is Project Triangle Strategy, which is a strategy RPG from Square Enix that looks an awful lot like Octopath Traveler. You know, it's got this big, beautiful pixel art, but it's presented in 3D, and it very much looks like a modern successor to something like Final Fantasy Tactics. By that, I mean, you know, grid-based strategy, terrain and positioning are key, and, uh, you know, just, you know, lots of uh, cool interactions with the environment as well. You know, it seems like you can, like, burn down an entire house to be able to get to your adversaries. You can combine spells like ice and fire and be able to use that to alter the terrain. You can knock opponents all around the battlefield to set up combos. And then on top of that, I just really liked the look of everything. I thought the music that they presented was great. And apparently it's going to have, you know, very meaningful choices that influence the story. So it seems like it's going to be a very, very robust strategy game when it releases next year. Yeah, it definitely looks promising. I'm not the biggest fan of the strategy genre, but 
the game looks gorgeous. Yeah, I definitely have to pick and choose when it comes to that kind of game myself. You know, I play Fire Emblem, but not a whole lot else. But yeah, this looks really, really cool. And the good thing is there is a demo that's already out in the eShop right now. I have downloaded it. I haven't really had a chance to play it yet. But, you know, for anyone who's on the fence, you can check this out, see if it's your kind of thing, and uh, give it a spin. And then, you know, you'll be all positioned to uh, decide whether you want to get the game or not when it comes out next year. Absolutely. On the way much sooner than that, however, is Mario Golf Super Rush, which comes out this summer on June 25th. Like past games in the Mario Golf series, you get to play as all kinds of Mario characters like Mario, Luigi, Princess Peach, Donkey Kong, Daisy, Yoshi, Bowser, Wario, etc., etc., and play through crazy Mario-inspired courses. This game will have both local and online multiplayer, and it lets you play with either traditional controls or use the Joy-Con as a club. You know, I thought that innovations like this were one of the things that was really great about the Wii and about Wii Sports, and so I'm glad to see ideas like that making a comeback for this game. Absolutely. I thought, you know, that was just such a big deal during the Wii generation, and it's kind of been yeah. sad to see some of that neglected over the last few years. So I thought that was really cool, and I think that that's going to hook some people. Yeah, it's definitely a welcome addition. The game seems like it's going to have a variety of modes as well, including a speed golf mode where all the competitors play at once and are literally knocking their opponents out of the way as they race to be the first to sink their ball into the hole. I thought that specific moment in the Direct was probably one of the highlights. Not even the game itself, but the speed golf demonstration. Oh, I thought you were talking about uh, Luigi, like, punching Princess Peach out of the way. (laughs) Well, that too. But yeah, no, that was just a great moment during the Direct. That game looks fun. But then on top of that, there's this whole story mode where you get to play as a me and interact with Mushroom Kingdom characters, compete in golf challenges, earn experience points, level up your stats. You know, I've never quite understood why they make it so you have to play as like a custom character in these Mario sports games. I mean, it's a Mario golf game. I want to play as Mario or Luigi or something, but you know, whatever. I'm just glad it has an RPG style story mode in there. I think that's great. Yeah, people have been begging to see that come back, so I think that that game's going to do pretty well. Yeah, yes, indeed. But, you know, I think maybe the biggest news out of this game, you know, I'm not sure it's Speed Golf. I think it might be Wario and Bowser's outfit. Did you see those? Oh, terrific. (laughs) Terrific in the worst way. Yeah, Wario's got this crazy cowboy getup. And, you know, Bowser, I don't think we ever really got a really good look at him, but he's got some crazy flaming red and black getup. It just looks amazing. Yeah, the character designs are terrific. Indeed. Then, from one kind of club to another, we have Famicom Detective Club The Missing Heir and Famicom Detective Club The Girl Who Stands Behind, which are just kind of of out-of-nowhere classic mystery games that originated on Famicom, as the name implies. And now they are coming to Switch and being brought to North America and localized for the first time. I'm all for seeing these smaller games that never arrived on our shores all of a sudden brought here. I think that's super cool. Yeah, it's definitely exciting. And, you know, for me, I really enjoy mystery games like this, so I think this is great. And, you know, these games were pretty primitive back in their 8-bit form, but now they're basically like, you know, full-screen illustrations, fully animated characters. And it's not just a simple visual novel. You're actually examining locations, talking to people, choosing what you want to discuss, showing them your clues, and, uh, you know, basically figuring out the mystery of what's going on in these two games. 
I think it was definitely one of the stranger announcements from the Direct, but I think that one looks pretty interesting. Yeah, like I said, it's definitely up my alley. And, you know, they are kind of hedging their bets. It looks like it's only going to be a digital release and not physical, as far as I can tell. Although, if you do buy them together, apparently you get a discount as a bundle. But, uh, yeah, this is something I am certainly looking forward to when these titles come out on May 14th. Also coming in May, on the 21st to be exact, is a Switch port of Metopia. Yeah, the comical me-based RPG from the 3DS is back. And once again, you pick your party members and NPCs and even your enemies from your cast of Mies. You assign skills and jobs to them, you form bonds of friendship, and you go out on this goofy fantasy adventure. I have to say, I was pretty surprised about this one, considering how downplayed Mies have been on the Switch, but, you know, here it is. And it even has some new features, like new makeup and wig options for your Mies, as well as horses that you can enlist as allies, which, of course, to me is terrifying, since I have horse fear. I did not know horse fear was a thing. Oh, it's a thing, believe me. <laughs> uh, anyway, did you play Metopia in its original form? Are you looking forward to this one? I did not play it on 3DS, but, um, you know, I have a lot of faith in Grezzo. Grezzo does really impressive things, and... Uh, I'm keeping an eye on this. Yeah, it's certainly not the deepest RPG out there, but it is fun. It is funny. It is enjoyable if you like Mies and have ever wanted to you know, assemble an RPG party of all your closest friends or celebrities or whatever. I'm not positive I want to play through it again now that it's on Switch. You know, I did it once on 3DS. That's possibly enough for me, but uh, we'll see. We shall see on this one. And then last... Not least, um, I don't know about that. Uh, when it comes to the first party Switch games anyway, we have DC Superhero Girls Teen Power. And this is based on a Cartoon Network show and it lets you play as superheroes like Wonder Woman and Supergirl and Batgirl. And I guess you fight crime, but you also go shopping and take selfies. And, you know, when they showed this game on the Direct, I was like, man, why are they spending so much time on a game like this? It feels kind of out of place. And then I realized, oh, Nintendo is actually publishing this thing. So, you know, it might not be my kind of thing, but it certainly is interesting to see Nintendo uh, bringing this one out. I'm keeping my fingers crossed on this one for a few reasons. First of all, the fact that Nintendo's publishing it is so strange to me. <laughs> yeah. It's got to show they have faith in it, too. Absolutely. And Nintendo doesn't just willy-nilly publish things that they didn't develop. Right. So there's definitely some faith there. Also, the show is a lot of fun. My daughter's a fan. It's a really neat take on the characters. So I would love to be able to play a fun DC Superhero Girls game with her. So I'm really hoping that this one ends up being a good time. Plus, it just it does look kind of neat. <laughs> well, it certainly seems to be cut from that sort of you know Lego style gameplay mold. So if you're into those kind of things, you want to play those kind of titles with uh, you know kids or your extended family or something. I feel like this is probably going to fill that sort of niche. I also think it's pretty cool that this console generation, Nintendo will now have published both a Marvel superheroes game and a DC superheroes game. Yes, that is true. Anyway, this one is coming out in a few months. It's going to arrive on June 4th. 
Anyway, from there, let's move along to some updates on currently existing first-party titles, starting with the one and only Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. They kicked off the presentation with this one and revealed the next character that's going to be available as part of the second wave of DLC, and that character is Pyra and Mithra from Xenoblade Chronicles 2. She's going to arrive in March. And as a Xenoblade Chronicles fan, I have to say, I'm pretty excited for this character. I like the fact that you'll be able to switch between the two different forms. I mean, that was something that was really cool about Zelda and Samus in past games, and they kind of got rid of that. So now they're having that sort of feature here with Pyra and Mithra. But then on the other hand, she's also another sword fighter, which, you know, doesn't exactly reek of innovation. But overall, I think this is a pretty cool addition to the roster. I used to love Zelda and Super Smash Bros. Melee, so it is cool to see that style come back, you know, where you can switch between the two forms. Yeah, definitely. So I'm definitely interested on that end. I'm not the biggest Xenoblade fan, but um, I'm I'm willing to to give the characters a a shot. Yeah, I thought that Xenoblade Chronicles 2 was a great game. I really liked Pyra and Mithra in that game. So yeah, I think that uh, she is a pretty nifty inclusion. And, you know, long ago before Ultimate came out, I was thinking Rex would be a great inclusion for the game. And, you know, obviously that is not happening. He got in there as a costume. That's about it. But it turns out he is going to be in here. He's going to join in for Pyra and Mithra's final smash. And then the other Xenoblade 2 characters are going to hang out in the background of the new stage. One thing I did find interesting is that Pyra and Mithra actually did have a third form in the game. Oops, spoiler alert. And I thought that would be included as maybe part of the final smash, but uh, apparently not. You know, I'm not the first person to point this out, but I thought it was kind of neat that Xenoblade just about 10 years ago was this game that we owners had to fight to get localized. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. And now, you know, we're getting our second representative from the series in Smash And there are a lot of fans online who are going, well, that's too many Xenoblade characters. (laughs) Well, it's definitely neat to see how far the series has come. But yeah, it is kind of ironic. I mean, it's only two representatives, and I think that's perfectly fine. And, you know, if they hadn't set expectations so high with some of the previous characters where it seems to be like, oh, you know, all third party all the time. This is exactly the kind of character I'd love to see in there is some more characters from other Nintendo titles that just haven't made it in there yet, you know, I want to see someone like her, someone like Toad, someone like, oh, I don't know, Groose or whatever. But uh, yeah, I feel like it's great to have this uh, representation, even for series that already have a character or two in the game. One of my most uh, wanted characters is Dixie Kong, and I know a lot of people would kind of groan if she were, you know, one of like the big announcements for the (laughs) DLC. So I definitely feel that. Well, I have to agree, it would be great if they had a character in there who mostly attacks with her hair. Absolutely. Now, I I am curious, did you get fooled by the very beginning thinking it was actually new Xenoblade 2 content? Or were you, like, instantly aware that it was going to be a Smash reveal right up front? Oh, no, they totally got me on that one. (laughs) Yeah, no, I had no idea that was going to be the Smash reveal. If it hadn't been for a little disclaimer that said not actual game footage down there, I totally would have thought, oh, it's some sort of new DLC for Xenoblade Chronicles 2. But that, I think, was the giveaway. Because you could have thought, oh, he's going on some adventure to find uh, Pyra and Mithra. But uh, nope, into Smash she goes. They're getting pretty good at those, though. You know, I have to say, the fact that they can fool some of us is pretty impressive. (laughs) Indeed. 
Uh, there's also an update coming for Animal Crossing New Horizons. And we knew this was already on the way. They announced several months ago that there's going to be a crossover with Mario to celebrate the 35th anniversary of the Super Mario series. But now we know it is coming very soon. There is an update arriving on February 25th. And then on March 1st, apparently you'll be able to buy a whole slew of Mario-related items. There are outfits of Mario, Luigi, Wario, and Peach. And then there are just a ton of items you can place around your island, like super mushrooms, one-up mushrooms, superstars, blocks, coins, fire flowers, floating bricks, Koopa shells, mushroom platforms, even thwomps. Oh, and of course, my personal favorite, you can place warp pipes on your island and use them to actually fast travel from one point to another. I have to say, this was literally one of my favorite reveals during the direct <laughs> because all I could think was how cool is it going to be seeing some of the designs that people come up with using those war pipes oh yeah like I'm not an imaginative animal crossing player you know I have probably one of the dullest islands out there <laughs> but I have seen so many great designs over the last year and I my head was spinning just thinking about all the different things that we're going to see people do. I really hope that we get some Mario Maker-esque yeah, for sure. islands out of this. Yeah, I feel like I'm just getting started on my island. Like, I still have plans for what I'm doing with the existing pieces and parts. And now I'm seeing this, I'm like, oh man, I'm going to have to scrap all those ideas and go make some sort of crazy Mario-themed thing if, you know, I can come up with a, a great idea. But yeah, there seems like just so much potential for fun stuff here. Yeah, absolutely. And I hope that uh, other Nintendo franchises get a similar treatment. Yeah, yeah, that would be awesome. That was one of the things I loved about previous Animal Crossing games was like collecting all the Nintendo themed stuff. Like yeah, that was my ultimate goal, you know, get all of the you know Zelda and F-Zero and Star Fox items you could get in Animal Crossing New Leaf or whatever. And I'd love to see more of that stuff integrated into New Horizons. That would be excellent. Yeah, my New Leaf character pretty much perpetually wore a uh, Samus Aran helmet, so. <laughs> Very nice. And then Nintendo announced that there is new content on the way for Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. Yes, there is an expansion pass on the way. And uh, that's going to arrive in several waves. First of all, if you, you know, buy it, you get some bonus items, a new weapon for Link, and new costume for Link. I don't think Nintendo has said exactly what those are yet, but you get those. And then you get a whole bunch of other things starting in June. That's when Wave 1 hits, and you get expanded playable characters, new weapon types, new challenges in the Royal Ancient Lab, and newly added challenging enemies. Then Wave 2 comes in November, and you get new character vignettes, newly added stages, an even further expanded character roster, and new battle skills for existing characters. And I've probably put in about 40-45 hours with Hyrule Warriors. I know I still haven't seen everything the game has to offer, but still, I am pretty sure I will plunk down the 20 bucks for this and get the expansion pass. Not only because, you know, I like to be a completionist with stuff like this, but because, I mean, heck, it's more Zelda content. You can almost never go wrong with more Zelda content. And with Breath of the Wild 2 being absent in this direct, despite that little <laughs> tease there, yeah. I think it's probably the next best thing. Yes, this is true. Have you played much Age of Calamity so far? I won't lie to you. It's shrink-wrapped on my shelf right now. I have not gotten <laughs> a chance to, to crack it open yet, but I'm dying to. All right. Well, 
it is pretty darn enjoyable. So uh, please look forward to it. Oh, I will. All right. Well, I think it's time for us to take a little intermission, and then when we come back, we will continue discussing the Nintendo Direct. All right, we are back, and we are ready to continue our discussion of the latest Nintendo Direct. We've already spent a bit of time talking about the first-party news and announcements, so now we're going to move on to the third-party titles. And for me, I think one of the third-party titles I've been awaiting most on Switch is No More Heroes 3. And I feel kind of weird saying this is a third-party game, because I was totally under the impression it was going to be published by Nintendo. I mean, last year it was definitely listed on Nintendo's press site. So uh, this was sort of a surprise, saying that it's apparently being published by Grasshopper Manufacturer itself, that they are self-publishing the game. Nonetheless, I'm glad to know that the game does finally have a release date. It is coming out on August 27th of this year, and fortunately, it still looks just as bizarre as ever. Like we already knew, Travis Touchdown is now in an intergalactic superhero tournament, and in addition to uh, fighting all kinds of bad guys and uh, hacking them up with his beam katana, he's also going to play various mini-games to earn money, and this game seems to take a page from No More Heroes' Travis Strikes Again and uh, mix in other genres. Like it had that crazy looking RPG battle that looked like it was lifted straight out of classic Final Fantasy. So yeah, this game looks like it's coming along very well and it looks absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I'd expect no less from No More Heroes, but uh, it, it looks fun. Yeah, for sure. Again, I don't really know exactly what it's going to be, but I very much look forward to finding out. But speaking of Final Fantasy, the folks over at Square Enix had a couple titles that were shown during this Direct. One of those being Legend of Mana, the HD version, and that's coming to Switch on June 24th. I don't know if you have a whole lot of familiarity with this game, Mark, but this was originally a PlayStation 1 game that came out nearly 20 years ago. It's a 2D hack-and-slash adventure in the Mana series, and now it is back, but with HD visuals, remixed music, and other enhancements like the ability to turn off enemy encounters, which seems like really weird to me. It makes no sense for a real-time action game, but okay. Yeah, I don't have a lot of familiarity with the PS1 original, but man, did that look pretty. Yeah, and that was the thing that I thought about even the original on PlayStation 1 is that, you know... This may not be the greatest game when it comes to actual gameplay, 
but I thought it looked and sounded so darn good that it pretty much made up for any other shortcomings in this title, and I very, very rarely think that. I mean, from a gameplay perspective, it really doesn't stand up to something like Secret of Mana, since it doesn't really have this whole complex story and overall interconnected world. But uh, yeah, what it lacks in some areas, it certainly makes up for with its aesthetics. And, you know, will I like this version better with some of the changes they've made? I don't know, but I'm certainly very, very intrigued. Yeah, it was definitely one of the more interesting titles to show up during the Direct. And then they've also got Saga Frontier Remastered on the way. Speaking of classic PlayStation 1 titles, they're getting a new lease on life. And that one comes even sooner. It arrives on April 15th. And this game was unique for its non-linearity and broadcast of characters with intertwining stories. You know, I played this one back in the day as well, but I have to say I did not care for it very much. It felt a little bit haphazard and confusing, but you know, maybe this new version, which adds a new playable character as well as new events and scenarios, maybe this one will be better. It certainly looks a lot better, that's for sure. Well, we can keep our fingers crossed at least. Yes, yes indeed. Then, from the folks over at Capcom, we got the Capcom Arcade Stadium. And of course, this game had already been known and announced, but what's great is that it actually launched alongside the Direct. And Capcom, up until now, had been very coy about a release date, just saying sometime in February. So, like, when this Nintendo Direct was announced, I'm like, oh man, it would be so great if this Capcom Arcade Stadium drops, like, right during the Direct or something. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. So, of course, I ran to the eShop and downloaded everything as soon as possible. And, you know, now I'm playing these coin-op classics like Street Fighter 2 and Ghosts and Goblins, Forgotten Worlds, Bionic Commando, Strider, Trojan, Legendary Wings, Mercs, and Final Fight, all from the comfort of my Switch. And a lot of these games haven't been available in their original arcade forms on a home system in years. So I'm really happy to see these out there. And so far, it has been a blast. Yeah, I'm definitely interested to see what comes next uh, from that title and what other classic games we end up getting as a result. Yeah, I mean, there have been three DLC packs so far, but I would love it if there's more. One that I would personally love to see come out is Darkstalkers or some of the other titles in the Darkstalkers fighting game series. I love those games, and believe it or not, they have never been released on Nintendo systems. I think this would be a great opportunity for that. In addition, Capcom reminded us that Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection hits very, very soon on February 25th, which means it'll probably be out by the time you hear this. Of course, this is an all-new entry in the Ghosts and Goblins series. It's got sort of a unique aesthetic to it, and no doubt lots of challenge, featuring a mix of fantasy and horror and platforming and magic. And just, I swear, every time I see a trailer For this game, I feel like I've already died like 250 times. (laughs) Yeah, it definitely looks like it's going to have some challenge to it. I'm hoping that there might be like an easy mode that doesn't make you feel guilty that, (laughs) you know, it's an easy mode. Yeah, that would probably be nice. I mean, apparently they do have these two-player assist modes that can help you out in various ways. They can make bridges or even carry your character or offer other perks, but I don't know if there's anything you can do in single-player mode like that, so uh, I guess we will see. And then, of course, Capcom also has Monster Hunter Rise on the way as well, and that hits next month on March 26th. And while the game itself is kind of old news, the exciting part is that there's actually a new Monster Hunter-themed Switch system on the way, as well as a Monster Hunter-themed 
Pro Controller. I'm not like a huge Monster Hunter fan or anything, so I'm not planning to buy these because I got to end my collection or anything. But it's always cool to see new hardware like that come out. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really nice looking system. I was surprised to see it get an announcement during the Direct. I, I thought that was going to be a Japanese exclusive. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times stuff like this is, especially for Monster Hunter. So I think it's fantastic that it's coming out in North America. Rise is getting a very big push. It's been interesting to see. It is, it is. And I'm not totally sold on the game yet, but I am, of course, getting all the Amiibo. Amiibo! Of course. <laughs> also from the Direct, the physical version of Hades is on the way, and it comes out on March 19th. I'm guessing there's a good chance you've already heard a lot about Hades because this roguelite action RPG has received a ton of accolades. So it's really not surprising to see that it is indeed getting the physical treatment. And this edition, aside from the game, it also comes with a digital soundtrack and a character compendium art book. And some of my coworkers have called this literally the best game they have ever played. So even though I've never really loved a roguelike or roguelite title, I am totally going to give this the benefit of the doubt and grab this physical when it hits in about a month. I might have to do the same. I haven't had a chance to play the game digitally yet, and I've heard nothing but great things. Yes, yes, indeed. And speaking of games that I've heard lots of great things about, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout is arriving on Switch this summer. And this is the obstacle course party game where up to 60 players can compete at once and try to race to the end. It has both free-for-all events and cooperative challenges, and it's been this huge sensation on other platforms. I've heard people talking all about it, so I think this will be another fantastic addition to the Switch lineup. I got to spend a little time with the PlayStation 4 version last summer. Oh, yeah? And yeah, it's a very fun game. Didn't get to spend a lot of time with it, but what I did, uh, I really enjoyed. It's got a, a unique style to it, and I really like the aesthetic. All right. Very, very cool. Glad to hear it. And I'm assuming there's got to be like exclusive Nintendo themed costumes for the Switch version, right? Oh, we have to right? get those, right? I mean, just think about all the great designs we could get. I would love to see a Fall Guys Mario costume. I'm totally expecting it to happen. So uh, don't let us down, Fall Guys. And uh, yeah, another title that's been a hit on other platforms and is coming to Switch very soon is Apex Legends from EA and Respawn Entertainment. That hits on March 9th. And again, I've heard you know lots of good stuff about this from its other iterations. And you know it's a free-to-play multiplayer battle royale shooter, which isn't really my thing. But I feel like it's kind of the third piece in the trifecta alongside Overwatch and Fortnite, which, you know, Lots of characters, lots of skins. It's going to have cross-platform play. So I think it's pretty darn cool to see this one coming to Switch as well. Yeah, there's been a lot of demand for the Switch version. So I'm really happy for the people that have been waiting for it, that it's finally almost here. Yep, definitely. And also on the way is Sakurai Warriors 5. Yes, it's the hack and slash game where Mr. Sakurai finally beats up all those people who have been complaining about his selection of Smash Brothers characters. Yeah, that's that's clearly what it's based on. Oh, wait. I'm sorry, it's Samurai Warriors oh, 5. that makes more sense. Which is the latest in Tecmo Koi's long-running Futile Japan hack and slash series. My mistake. Um, 
But yeah, I believe that Samurai Warriors was the first spin-off of Dynasty Warriors. There have been so many Warriors games in this series. But yeah, long before there was Hyrule Warriors or Fire Emblem Warriors, there was Dynasty Warriors and Samurai Warriors. This is the fifth installment in the series, focusing on Oda Nobunaga. And you know, while the gameplay looks very familiar, the new art style seems pretty darn great and really remind me a lot of the Fire Emblem titles. Yeah, I definitely got that vibe. And speaking of hacking and slashing, Ninja Gaiden Master Collection is coming to Switch. And this is a compilation of Ninja Gaiden 1, 2, and 3, plus all their DLC, and that arrives on June 10th. And of course, this is the modern Xbox-era Ninja Gaiden games, not the NES titles. And you know, I've always really wanted to get into these games, and I have played them a little, but man, what I most remember is that they were hard especially the first two games they were so so freaking crazy hard so you know like you were saying about ghosts and goblins resurrection i'm kind of hoping this has some sort of little baby mode so maybe then i'll actually be able to play this game and make some progress yeah there's something definitely intimidating about those xbox era ninja gaiden games Mm -hmm. i'm a little scared to try it out myself (laughs) i wish the ds version was on there to be honest with you i don't know how they'd port that but that was a great game Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would have been cool, too. I mean, it was so touch-driven. That would be uh, pretty crazy to do, unless it was, you know, handheld mode only or something. But, uh, yeah, who knows? Maybe they'll throw it in as some sort of bonus feature we don't know about. That would be cool. Another game that is on the way is World's End Club from NIS America. And this is coming from the folks behind the Zero Escape and Dongan Ranpa series, so it is totally my kind of thing. Like, the setup is that you and 11 other characters are going to be trapped in some sort of murderous game in an underwater theme park, which was sort of the setup for those aforementioned titles. But then it, like, throws everything on its head, and rather than being this text-heavy mystery adventure, it becomes like a 3D side-scrolling action game where you and these other characters are traveling across Japan after some sort of cataclysmic event hits. It just looks uh, crazy and wacky. I don't really understand what's going on. But just because of what I know about the creators and what their past works have been like, I am totally all in on this. I am going to get it and check it out when it hits on May 28th. Yeah, that definitely looks like a strange one. (laughs) For sure. Then to just go down the list of other titles that were announced, we've got Tales from the Borderlands coming on March 24th. This is the point-and-click style spin-off of Borderlands that I believe was originally developed by Telltale Games. And we've got Outer Wilds from Annapurna Interactive coming this summer. That's a very interesting looking one. It's this galactic first-person adventure where you're exploring different planets and investigating ancient civilizations, but it's also sort of like a sci-fi Majora's Mask where the sun explodes every 22 minutes, but then time restarts and you use your knowledge to progress further each and every time. Yeah, definitely getting some Majora's Mask vibes there. Then we have Neon White, which is coming this winter. It is a first-person shooter about assassinating demons in heaven. And speaking of shooting, we got Plants vs. Zombies Battle for the Neighborhood Complete Edition, which is a third-person shooter in that popular franchise with both solo and multiplayer online modes for up to 16 players. That arrives on March 19th. 
And then, if you like shooting stuff and you like Star Wars, we have Star Wars Hunters, which is supposed to be out sometime this year. It is a third-person, free-to-play, squad-based arena shooter set between the events of Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. I wish we got a little more information on that one. That definitely sounds exciting. We'll see what happens there. Yeah, I'm always a little bit worried about the free-to-play stuff, but I totally agree. I wish they had shown more or really any gameplay to see what that was all about. Then we have Knockout City from EA, which is apparently this crazy dodgeball game where you battled out across an entire city in either three-on-three, four-on-four, or free-for-all matches for up to eight players. It sort of looks like Fortnite meets Splatoon meets Dodgeball. And this is supposed to hit on May 21st. Uh, what did you think about this one, and especially the very bizarre trailer they had for it? Yeah, that was definitely strange. But I'm I'm open to games like Splatoon. I you know Splatoon was my bread and butter. I like Ninjala. What I played of that. Mm. So this definitely piqued my interest. I was mostly just confused because there's like you know this orc and this soldier and this pixel princess, and they're not actually characters from the game, but they spent like the whole time with the trailer like showing these three characters. And it's like, oh, wait, none of those are in the game? Oh, they're just like supposedly playing the game from their home? Eh, I don't know. But just the weird focus on that kind of makes me worry. Oh, if they're showing that instead of the actual product, what does that mean? I don't know. But hey, apparently it's going to be free to play when it launches, so there's no reason to not check it out. Maybe it'll surprise us. Perhaps so. And then, speaking of surprises, there was Stubbs the Zombie in Rebel Without a Pulse, which is this action game where you play as the undead and terrorize the living. This was originally released for you know the very first original Xbox system. And you can tell it looks like a game from that era. This came completely out of left field. I was not expecting this at all, but it arrives soon on March 16th. Yeah, hopefully it looks a little bit better when it uh, releases. <laughs> well, it's coming very soon, so I'm not betting on it, but I don't know. Maybe it's great. I've never played it on the original Xbox, but uh, who knows? Perhaps it is a hidden gem just waiting to be discovered by Nintendo fans. I will say it does seem like it has a fan base. Well, it's certainly a bit different from the other zombie games that are out there, that's for sure. And that kind of covers everything that was in this Nintendo Direct. But I was wondering, Mark, what do you think was sort of missing from the Nintendo Direct? What would you have liked to have seen there that was not included? I mean, the problem with Nintendo Directs is we always want more. This is true. From a personal standpoint, I would have loved to have seen some more Pokemon Snap. Yeah. But it's also Pokemon Week as we're recording this. So we might get more information on that within the next couple of days. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I thought that it would have made sense to have something about new Pokemon games or Pokemon Snap. But you were right. Usually the Pokemon games do get their own events. So I kind of understood that not being there. In addition to Skyward Sword, I would have loved to have seen a Wind Waker HD port announced mm -hmm. because that game was amazing on Wii U. It took a GameCube game that was already terrific and just made it perfect. So I would love to see that game show up on Switch. Yeah, I mean, I think either that or Twilight Princess would have made a whole lot of sense because just a couple days ago, we had the Legend of Zelda 35th anniversary in Japan. And while we did get two Zelda announcements, one about Skyward Sword, one about Age of Calamity DLC, 
there was nothing actually acknowledging the 35th anniversary, at least in the North American Nintendo Direct. So I was kind of expecting more, whether it was those HD ports or maybe like a new version of Four Swords or something like that. I just kind of thought they might play up that anniversary like they've been playing up the Mario anniversary, but uh, nope, no such luck. My theory on this is that the Mario anniversary has run a little bit long. We still have the Animal Crossing content coming out next week, Mm -hmm. and we just had Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury come out. So I think that once we're well clear of the Mario 35th, that's when we're going to get the Zelda 35th content. Hmm. I guess we'll see. And then, you know, it's also the 35th anniversary of Metroid in Japan, which seems like a great opportunity to do something like, oh, I don't know, release a HD Metroid Prime trilogy. Or, of course, you know, give us some news on Prime 4. But, you know, I'm not really expecting that just yet. So, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe something like that is still in the works. There's plenty of time to do something like that. But, uh, yeah, I just wish some more of those anniversaries had been perhaps acknowledged during this Direct. Yeah, we also have uh, Pokemon's 25th anniversary this week. So I think just right now there's a lot of anniversary content to get to. So with Zelda, I think it'll come. Metroid, I'm skeptical. (laughs) Yeah, they usually don't celebrate the Metroid anniversary, but uh, who knows? Maybe this will be the exception. Fingers crossed. For sure. I definitely like that Prime Trilogy on Switch, at least. Yes. Anyway, overall, you know, I don't think it was like the greatest Nintendo Direct. I think there were some highs. I think there were some lows. But uh, overall, you know, I think there is a lot of cool stuff to look forward to. Uh, For me, especially anything Zelda-related and, of course, Splatoon. You know, I already am playing the Capcom stuff. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think this was at least like, you know, a solid B. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. Between Mario Golf and Splatoon, the Animal Crossing content, Mm -hmm. those Zelda Joy-Cons, there was more than enough that uh, I was prepared to dig out my wallet for. Yeah, I've literally already pre-ordered like three or four different things from the Direct. So, yeah, I'm with you there. And Fall Guys. I'm happy Fall Guys is coming to Switch. Yeah, totally. Like I said at the top of the show, no matter what kind of player you are, it seems like there's something in here for just about everybody. Anyway, that takes care of this special episode of Power Pros, more or less. So I think it is time to wrap things up. But, you know, before we do, I think there is time for one more little thing, and that is a dramatic reading. This time, it is from the eShop description of the Switch game, Poland Ball, Can Into Space. Rocket Simulator Game with Country Ball's theme. Build your ship and customize it in order to reach the moon. Your main objective is to help Poland Ball here. Break through Earth's atmosphere and reach for the moon to prove other Country Balls once and for all they were wrong and conquer the final frontier. This is not going to be an easy task as you have a huge target on your back. Upgrade Poland Ball's rocket. Build a strategy on how you will conquer the space. You have to choose between 56 items. 33 perks to enhance your rocket. Choose wisely before you spend your money. 25 Country Ball's enemies with different behavior and AI. Learn about each country. Learn their behavior. Learn how to avoid them. 
This will affect your game strategy. Collect coins, fuel, burgers, and magnets. You will do anything to survive in space. Amazing end movie for fans who finish the game. For diehard fans. Off, I got goosebumps. <laughs> I don't even know what I just read. <laughs> I don't either, but I want to go buy it now. <laughs> well, it is in the eShop. It came out last June. And aside from that description, I really don't know anything about it. So uh, if you decide to go check it out, please let me know what you think. You sold it well. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us on this special episode of Power Pros. We're still not on a regular schedule, so I'm not sure if or when we'll be back again. But nonetheless, you can reach us at Power Pros Pod on both Facebook and Twitter as well as through email at powerprospod at gmail.com. You can reach me on Twitter at Chris the Hoff, and you can reach Mark at Mark the Champ. Thanks for listening, everybody. For myself, Mark DeChamps. Thanks again for having me, Hoff. And the master of the whip, Richter Belmont. You don't belong in this world. Keep on playing with power.